0: Welcome to the Irresistible Marketing Pod, the podcast that teaches you how to tap into your emotional power to create magical, magnetic marketing, and how to use your irresistible marketing powers for good. I'm your host, Issa Gauchi, Marketing Confidence Cheerleader and owner of the MESA Messaging Digital Marketing Agency. Today, I want to talk with you about anxiety, because when people come to me asking how to fix their marketing, Anxiety is usually at the root of the problem. Lucky for you, as someone who struggles with anxiety disorders and has been a celebrated marketer since 2015 or so, I have quite a bit of practice in working with, not against, anxiety to create irresistible marketing. And I have a different way of viewing anxiety that has helped me to release my shame about my mental health, and I hope that you'll find it healing as well. So let me start by saying that anxious people are really creative people. So if you're anxious about marketing, it's actually a good sign. When you have the tools to alchemize anxiety into creativity, your marketing will be unstoppably irresistible. Let me explain a little bit. So I truly believe that anxious people are some of the most creative people in the entire world. If you don't believe me, just think of your last doom spiral. I bet it was terrifying and disastrous. I bet it was Grey's Anatomy, telenovela levels of melodramatic. I bet you came up with some very creative ways to make the end of the world all your fault in the worst possible way. Though also probably very unlikely, let's be real. So you see, your anxiety with all of these super intense, frightening scenarios is actually a sign of a very big, very creative imagination. And just think what it would do for your business if you had tools for redirecting that creative energy into your marketing. So let's talk about when your mental health thwarts your marketing. I know that many people, myself included, struggle with shame when their mental health prevents them from doing what it takes for their businesses to succeed in the way they want them to. Especially since being an entrepreneur means having to make friends with uncertainty. Uncertainty is something that many of us fear because we are reminded that we do not control everything. We only are in control of ourselves, and only partially so, depending on how self-aware we are. So no wonder putting offers out into the world and not being able to control whether other people will take that offer is triggering for many of us. And with our culture's bizarre conception of professionalism as a check-your-feelings-at-the-door requirement, It's not like tools for coping with our mental health as we navigate the risks and rewards of entrepreneurship is talked about enough. In general, mental health isn't talked about enough in professional spaces. And when something is too taboo to speak about openly, shame abounds, often to the detriment of us all. As someone who has struggled with at times crippling diagnoses of obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD, and post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, I've spent my career trying to navigate my anxiety, get out from under the shame when it thwarts me professionally, and trying everything I can think of just to get rid of it. For a long time, the only way I could address my anxiety was through a heavy filter of shame. But... As I've been working on myself, been in therapy, and done a lot of studying and meeting of awesome mentors, I've slowly started to shape a different theory about my anxiety. So here's how the idea took root. One of the most common bits of positive feedback I've received throughout my life from teachers, from professional reviews, from clients, praise, friends, family, Even those like professional skills tests or personality assessments, like one of the most frequent bits of positive feedback I get over and over again is how creative I am. And I just kind of took this for granted about myself and assumed everybody was like this, that everyone just has 50 ideas a minute. They don't have to think about it at all. It's just whenever anyone puts the need out there for an idea to resolve or expand upon, you just instantly get 50 ideas. I assume that was normal. Um, I've since learned that no, not everyone has that gift. And the thing is, my anxiety is actually a reflection of my deep, elaborate, powerful creativity. My creativity is a force of nature an imagination that can't help but build worlds. And when I'm not letting it loose to do its thing, it will show up as anxiety. And the worlds it will construct for me are worlds of fear. But what if I harnessed it and used it in a different way? So I started to realize that the anxiety that had caused me so much shame The anxiety that had caused me to see myself as so defective and broken for so long was actually a superpower. And just like any superhero, I just needed to learn how to control it and wield my power wisely and responsibly. It has capacity to do great harm to myself and others when it's showing up in the form of anxiety and mental illness, and it just as similarly has the capacity to bring great good into the world when I'm using it to help, to heal, to create. And since I find that most of my clients' marketing is being thwarted, not by bad strategy or tactics or bad products or a lack of a willing customer base or because they suck and everyone hates them, as many of them secretly fear, instead... What's preventing their marketing from popping off and customers flocking to their amazing businesses in droves is that their anxiety is preventing them from showing up in their marketing in a way that's going to draw their people to them. So because anxiety is such a root cause of most of the marketing problems my clients are showing up with, regardless of size of business regardless of how long they've been in business, regardless of field, I've decided to share what I've learned about composting nervous energy into the ultimate marketing creativity. So these are the five things I've found that have worked personally for me and for my clients. Number one is to reframe the way you're thinking about your own anxiety and to stop bullying your anxiety. Number two is to let it speak. Let it have it say. Let it tell you what it wants to tell you. Number three, find ways to quickly remind and reassure your body that it is safe. It is not in imminent danger. Number four is to clear the mental and emotional space to be able to channel your creativity to receive downloads of inspiration and channel it in the direction that you most need it to manifest. And number five, notice the brilliant now and stay present. So I'm going to go into detail about each one of these and just a warning, this is basically shadow work for your business. So don your superhero cape, because it's time to let the skeletons out of your mental closet. But before I proceed, I just want to give the quick caveat that I am not a therapist. And if you are struggling with your mental health, if you're experiencing anxiety in your day-to-day, I highly recommend that you work with a licensed mental health professional. Um, so this is podcast and my marketing services should not be considered a substitute for therapy. So please do uh, work with a therapist as well. Uh, all right. So let's talk about how to compost your anxiety into marketing creativity. So step one, stop bullying your anxiety. Having a mean inner critic means you know how to wield world, means you know how to wield words powerfully in a way that has a profound emotional impact. That's how you know how to hurt your own feelings with your own thoughts. But what if instead of berating yourself, you learn to shape persuasive, inspiring, exciting messaging that gets your people to dream bigger and take action? Worry over your clients results means that you care deeply about your people. If you redirected the worry into passion, imagine the level of service and support you could provide your customers. Picturing all the ways it could fall apart means you're strategic and are keeping an eye on the bigger picture. So what if you channeled this anxiety into creating brilliant systems for your business so that not a single detail gets overlooked or falls through the cracks? See, With just a little bit of redirection, your anxiety is hella useful to your business. So, to be clear, the goal is redirection, not to just get rid of your anxiety. Besides, if you could just throw your anxiety in the trash and walk away, wouldn't you have done that by now? Trying to just get rid of it just doesn't work because it's sticking around for a reason, several reasons that I can think of actually. And here's my understanding of what those reasons are why your anxiety is there in the first place. So firstly, humans evolved in a way that includes the experience of anxiety to help ensure the survival of our species. If you were never anxious, you wouldn't bother to take reasonable measures to avoid danger. As an individual, you also evolved as someone with anxiety, as a strategy to help ensure your survival. Perhaps you grew up in an environment that required your hypervigilance when you were a little one. Number three, whenever your body tenses up, your heart starts to race and your breathing gets quicker and shallower in case you have to run away from a lion, your body is showing you that it loves you it's trying to protect you. Your body is on your side and it is expressing its love in the form of anxiety. Number four, every time you're anxious, you're using your imagination about what scary thing lurks around the corner. So if you're anxious a lot, your imagination is a muscle you flex a lot. So as powerful as it is when it's fraying your nerves, it's also powerful when you're using it to make art, build your business, solve problems and create the world that you want to live in. Do any of those things sound like bad things to you? Are these gifts you'd want to chuck in the bin? There is a major upside to your anxiety. So I'm not going to tell you how to get rid of it. I'm going to tell you how to channel it. So, step 2 in composting your anxiety into creativity is to let it speak. I get anxiety. I get that anxiety is uncomfortable and inconvenient. But if we take the view that it is a part of us that loves us so much and wants to keep us safe, might we want to treat it a little differently than we have been? When you start doom spiraling, has telling those anxious thoughts to just shut up and go away ever actually worked? Or did it make the anxiety worse? When I tell my anxiety to shut up and go away, it usually gets louder because it loves me, because it's afraid for me, because it has a message it wants me to hear. There is something it wants to make me aware of. So when I take the time to allow myself to listen, I have the opportunity to decide whether or not I actually want to be afraid of what it wants me to notice. So if I'm worried about no one showing up to a workshop I offer and my body gets tight and I keep freezing up instead of promoting the workshop, I can get still and find where the anxiety is in my body. Where do I feel it? What does it feel like? For me, it's usually a tightness in my throat and chest. What is it worried about that it doesn't want me to promote my workshop? I may ask it silently in my head this question while meditating, or I might ask it out loud while I'm driving, or I might write this question for it down in my journal and wait for the answer. And I usually don't have to wait very long at all. It usually will tell me something right away. Like if no one buys a ticket to the workshop, We'll feel rejected, betrayed, and like we're failing. And that will feel awful. And when we feel awful, we're unsafe. And when we're unsafe, we might die. Which, um, sounds a little silly to say out loud. But you know what else it sounds like? It sounds like a little kid, right? It kind of sounds like a fear a little child might tell you. And as my therapist tells me, anxiety is probably a way I learned to cope as a little kid. But... I'm big and awesome now, and as a big five foot half inch person who is also awesome, I'm not going to yell at that little kid part of me because I am a person who doesn't like yelling at anyone, much less an innocent little child. So instead, I might say something like, well, even if no one buys the ticket, it is definitely not a life threatening situation. We'll still live here in this nice, warm house. We'll still have food, water, and our annoying but adorable cat. We'll still have our business and our intelligence and our friends. We'll still be hot. We will definitely not die from no one buying a ticket. And when I say this to my scared, little anxious part of myself, I start to feel my body change. Around now, my chest is probably releasing tension and my heart rate is going down. And I'm able to keep talking to this part of myself. I might have this conversation. If no one buys a ticket, yes, it will probably hurt our feelings. But we're big and awesome and are 100% strong enough to handle our own hurt feelings without it so much as ruining our day or even our afternoon. No one has to buy a ticket for us to be safe. No one has to buy a ticket for us to know we're awesome. No one has to buy a ticket for us to still love ourselves. And even just saying this out loud, I'm feeling all tension leaving my body right now. Like Even though this was just... (laughs) A little scenario I, I'm putting on for the podcast, though I've definitely had ser- similar ones play out in my head. But anyway, this is a much nicer tactic than just telling my anxiety to shut up and go away. Think of it this way. If your anxiety were another person, which tactic do you think would be more deescalating? Yelling at them to fuck right off or gently allowing them to express their fear and giving comfort? Seriously, try it. Watch how letting your anxiety have its say and then responding with compassionate care calms the whole thing down. So step number three for composting your anxiety into marketing creativity is to tell your body that it's safe. Did you know that emotions are your brain's interpretations of sensations in your body? Which means That there is kind of a symbiotic relationship between your thoughts and your feelings, and your thoughts can create feelings. So, if you're um, identifying the tightness in your throat and chest and the pounding of your heart as anxiety, then you're feeling anxiety. But if you go into your body and release the tension in your chest and throat, you might not identify that physical state as anxiety anymore. So it is a powerful tool for anxiety to be able to go into the body and calm it down and release the sensations that are keeping you in an afraid state. So that means our thoughts have a lot of power over what we're feeling. And often your body is going to react strongly to scary or mean thoughts you're having about yourself and scary or mean thoughts that you're telling yourself about whether or not you are safe, good, liked, or accepted. So when it comes to anxiety, it's really super helpful to learn ways to come back into the body to soothe those sensations that your brain is interpreting as fear and anxiety. Scent is one of my favorite ways to quickly come back into my body. I love to keep a vial of my favorite chamomile Nirvana perfume on my desk because it smells just like my favorite Oregon pine forest. And when I roll some onto the heart tattoo on my wrist, I'm always inspired to breathe the forest in deeply. And that long, slow, deep breath tells my body that it's okay. It doesn't have to be breathing shallowly in case we need to sprint for our lives or wrestle an alligator. That long, slow breath and the pleasure of a beloved fragrance reminds my body that it's safe. And this can happen real quickly just by dabbing some on my wrist from the little roller ball vial I keep on my desk. So it's really helpful for you to start taking inventory about little things like that that will instantly calm your body down. Um, I'm sure you have some ideas, but just in case, I'm going to give you a longer list of things that work for my body to see if they uh, remind you of stuff that works for yours. So moving in a way that feels joyful, like dancing or roller skating, is a really great way to change the sensations in my body away from ones I identify as fear and anxiety into ones I identify as joy and ease and flow and creativity. Cuddling a pet is also real helpful for my body to know it's safe. Um, Cradling a nice mug of deliciously scented hot tea. Super soft fabric and textures in my clothing, my fluffy socks or blankets. A nice hot shower or bath. Going outside somewhere beautiful, beautiful where the air feels really fresh and clean. So anywhere near a body of water, like a river or a waterfall, is really great for that for me. And then um, one way I let my body keep getting reassurance that it's safe is to light a scented candle when I'm doing something like meditating or focusing on a task I found stressful or that sometimes I have found stressful in the past. So do you already have, know how to quickly reassure your body that it is safe? Then great, make sure you have some good reminders and options near your desk for the next time marketing anxiety pops up for you. If you're not sure yet, start experimenting and tracking what helps you come back to your body. Please don't skip this step because your body will need to know it's safe for you to truly alchemize your nervous energy into marketing creativity so step four um, for composting your anxiety into marketing creativity is to clear space to channel inspiration once we have soothed the shouts of the parts of ourselves that are anxious it's time to turn our attention to our creativity but we're using our creative power super intentionally here so we're going to start by grounding in our big why We start shaping irresistible marketing by reminding ourselves of who we want to help, why we want to help them, and how our offer helps them. Then all we need to do is figure out how to get this message to our people in a way that they can hear it. Because marketing is communication. And by communication, I mean a conversation, not just shouting into the void or talking at people. No, irresistible marketing is a conversation between not just you and customers, but you and the offer, you and the business, you and your mission. So the parties involved in this conversation and dialogue are what you want to bring into the world or what wants to be brought into the world through you which in more typical business speak is your mission, vision, and offers. Also in this dialogue are the people encountering your marketing. And this includes people who are opting in and want to become customers, people who are encountering the marketing and saying, no, that's not for me, not a problem. Not everyone is going to be served by us or should be served by us. And also the people who are thinking about it. They're not sure yet. Maybe it's for you, maybe not. They're building trust by participating in and encountering and witnessing what you have to say. Marketing is also a dialogue involving the customers currently experiencing your offer or who have in the past. So all of these parties are in conversation with your marketing in order for it to be effective and irresistible and not Just you alone shouting into the void. As a conversation, marketing is both the times when you speak and the times when you listen. One of the most important times to listen is before you start the conversation. That way, you are clear on your goals, intentions, message, and who you want to hear it and what you want them to take away from it. Which means, before you create, you need to receive the raw material you're going to create with. Before you give, you need to receive. Before you speak, you need to listen. Before you have a conversation with other people, you need quiet time with yourself. Otherwise, your marketing is basically just a shot in the dark, random reactions to internal and external stimuli. Here's how I like to clear mental space to channel irresistible marketing. I love tarot or Oracle cards, journaling, quiet, stretching, and meditation. I do at least one of these activities every day to ensure I'm clearing the mental space to channel inspiration. And I have never not received a download of inspiration when I've cleared the mental space and asked for one. Do you know how to clear the mental space to prepare for your conversation with your people? Do you need to make more time for these activities so that you're getting these inspiration downloads for how to effectively get your message to your people and include them in the conversation? Step five of composting your marketing anxiety into creativity is to notice the brilliant now and stay pleasurably present. Once you get your inspiration downloads, actually creating the marketing is the easy part. With purpose and intention, doing the darn thing is fun and exhilarating, but then you have to release the message, release the marketing out into the world and let other people react to it in ways you can't predict or control. This is when That fear of uncertainty gets triggered for many of us and our anxiety stirs up any number of catastrophic imaginary futures and what they mean about us and our business and our offer and our worth and our value. But we have an alternative here and it is to cultivate tools for staying pleasantly present. So this is where you use your tools for reminding your body that it's safe putting on that smell, getting that tea, touching a soft texture, whatever works for you to come into your body and remind it that it's safe in this present moment. It's also a really good time to commit to noticing the signs that your marketing is working before you have the big dramatic result that you've been dreaming of. So one analogy I like to use is, um, say you're climbing Mount Everest, which I've never done, I'm not a mountain climber, so If you're a mountain climber, let me know if this is accurate. Anyway, I'm guessing that the climbers that make it to the top of Mount Everest didn't spend the entire climb up the mountain berating themselves and telling themselves that summiting was impossible and that all the progress they made doesn't count and it means they're a failure because they're not at the top yet. How could they possibly keep going up that mountain if that's how they speak to themselves? So how are you possibly going to make it up your Mount Everest for the goals you want your marketing to achieve? When we know that most types of digital marketing typically take six to 12 months of consistent quality content before you're likely to see big, major, dramatic, exciting results. So how are you going to keep marketing? How are you going to keep climbing the mountain um, over that period of time and trust that it's working and that you'll get there eventually and that it's possible if you're being mean to yourself and telling yourself the opposite? Instead, you're going to have to find ways to remind yourself that it is working because you find what you look for. You notice what you're keeping an eye out for. So your post got five likes? Notice that you're a little further up the mountain than when it got two likes or no likes. Mentally thank each one of those five people for taking the time to witness and appreciate your message. You only sold 50% of the hoped for seats in your course. What did you learn that will make your next launch even more successful? And again, pause and give gratitude for every single person who decided that out of all the things they could do, out of all the mentors they could look to, out of all the ways to spend their money and time, they chose to invest in your program. You find what you look for. You notice what you're keeping an eye out for. So look for things to be grateful for, and you'll find signs that your marketing is working, that you're making progress, Signs that you're a success worthy of celebration, not a failure. And please do celebrate because most marketing takes months of consistent quality content before the big dramatic return. You've got to keep your spirits up and keep showing up on your way to the top of that mountain. So as we draw to a close, I want to invite you to rethink your anxiety as something to be ashamed of or overcome or get rid of and start seeing it as an asset because when was the last time you found an Instagram filter relatable to how people look in real life? Perfect mental health is also pretty much just an Instagram filter. Your anxiety is part of your perfect humanity. Your anxiety is the flip side of your incredibly creative power. You don't have to hide, suppress, or ignore your anxiety in order to have irresistible marketing and a wildly successful business. You just need tools for how to channel it. And I'm offering some of my favorite ones this Monday, January 23rd at the Marketing Witchery Workshop, which you can sign up for at the link in the show notes. And if you'd like to work with me personally, one-on-one as your own marketing confidence cheerleader that is going to help you create the irresistible marketing that is going to build the business you've always wanted, you can sign up for a season of support also linked in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful. Feel free to DM me at Marketing Confidence Cheerleader or at me some messaging on Instagram or comment when I'm talking about this episode on my socials and let me know what you thought, any takeaways you had and whether you found this helpful. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to keep them coming, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help others find this show. Alright, I hope you have a wonderful day, have fun, don't hurt him.